Good morning, everyone, and welcome to episode 52 of MCU TV, where we'll be talking about the Miss Marvel finale, episode 6. This episode is being recorded on July 18th, 2022. And um, it's just, again, just me today. John is on vacation. Um, Tim and Lizzie are, are busy, so couldn't find a replacement to join me. So it is just me. You'll be hearing my lovely or... I must, I hope, lovely voice. Um, and uh, we'll try to not spend too much time, um, like not an hour and a half or anything like that, going over episode six, the finale of Miss Marvel. But before we get started, I'm going to do some network announcements. So, just a reminder that MCU TV is part of the Random Chatter Network. Um, you can gain access to our membership on Patreon, our merch through TeePublic, and if you are interested, we do have some videos on YouTube as well where you can, you know, sometimes see some of our faces, and our faces, I mean mine. I know we have a couple of live streaming episodes that we've done that are now on YouTube for Guardians. Um, we haven't done that for MCU TV, but maybe someday. All right. As I mentioned, my name is Sheba. I am going to be covering episode six, the finale of Miss Marvel. I didn't do initial thoughts for episode 5, which I should have done, but clearly forgot about that. Um, but initial reactions, I absolutely loved episode 6. Um, I thought it was fantastic. I feel it stuck at the landing. I was, I'm always concerned with, have been concerned since the first couple of um, shows that we've gotten. Marvel has tended, has, has, what has happened usually is that Marvel will rush the finale and it'll seem like they're just, like I said, rushing everything into one episode. And it just, it never feels like it sticks the landing, pun intended. Um, but for this finale, I really felt that they stuck the landing. And I know a lot of people that I have spoken to felt, have felt the same way. I really loved this finale. I, there were so many great moments. And we'll get into all of them um, in, this, in this episode. But they were, there were so many great moments. I cheered. I cried. I got an, uh, angry at certain points, not at the show, just at some of the characters. And I absolutely really loved it. I was on vacation at the time when I watched episode six. So um, thankfully, it uh, ended up being that we were leaving late. Like we, were, we were in Alberta. We were doing a lot of hikes and all that stuff. Um, but we got a late start to the day, thankfully. So I was able to watch the episode and then I downloaded it as well so I could watch it later on without, you know, any, without Wi-Fi. Um, so I'd watched it early in the morning and was trying to be really quiet at certain moments because I was really excited, but I didn't want to ruin it for my cousin and my sister who I was traveling with. And also, you know, I just didn't want to make a lot of noise. Um, but yeah, I loved this episode and I can't wait to get into all the details and all the things cause there are, there's so much to talk about. So let's jump right in. Um, we start at the top of the episode with Kamala's whole family finding out. So we, we see that, you know, Kamala's back from Pakistan. She's trying to get her family's attention to kind of let them know, cause we already know Muni Bhandi already knows about Kamala's powers. Um, but she wants to tell the rest of the family. And I loved this entire scene. I think it's so reminiscent of a lot of South Asian families 
because I've heard, you know, a lot of other people with immigrant parents saying the same thing that a lot of times it's so hard to keep secrets in your family, like at least for my family. Anytime I go somewhere, my parents are like, where are you going? Who are you going with? What are you doing? When will you be back? Message us when you get there. Message us when you come back. All that kind of stuff. Um, and I know for some people, they're like, oh my God, you're, you're a full-grown adult. Your parents don't need to know, you know your every waking movement. Yes, I do, do still live at home. Um, but again, that's typical for a lot of South Asian families to stay at home until they're married. You know, sometimes if you were able to, you can move out. But, you know, with my parents, they're like, stay, save money. We're, you know, it's, it's cool. Um, anyways, but it, it's, you know, it's still, you, you kind of have to tell your parents where you're going, what you're doing kind of thing. Um, and even though I'm an adult and sometimes they don't ask me, I'm like, well, I'm going here, I'm going to see this. And I do it now voluntarily. While on vacation, I would call my mom at the end of the day. And she was like, you, you know, you don't need to call me. And I was like, listen, I went to France. I went to Europe specifically France, I remember, but I was in France at one time. You couldn't find me or reach me by cell phone because I didn't have data at the time. And you called my hotel, left a message with the concierge so that when I got back, I had to call you. So don't tell me why are you calling me? Because this is a standard that you've established. And now I don't know anything else. So my sister would like roll her eyes. She's like, why are you calling mom? And I was like, I miss her. I need to talk to her. I need to tell her about my day. And she's like, oh my God. So it's now become a habit. So I love that her whole family finding out is is something that she kind of felt that she had to do because, you know, we do see Munibanti in earlier episodes telling her, you know, you don't have to do things alone. You have your family. And it, it, this is very reminiscent of that. And also the fact that there's no way you can hide anything from a South Asian family. We've already figured that out, you know, in episode one where she tries to sneak out and go to AvengerCon and then gets caught anyways classic but uh even the way that they all found out the way that um yusuf uncle and amir found out was was absolutely hilarious the fact that yusuf uncle is like well mom told me it's just so typical that that's exactly what happens you tell one parent and the other parent finds out and sometimes i would literally just tell my mom things to be like can you tell dad just you know you you do that for me because it's tough and i don't want to do it can you tell him soften the blow and then i'll tell him after so that that way you know it's I, you know, I don't, I don't, don't freak out as, or I'm not as stressed out trying to tell him because he already knows. Um, so that was quite hilarious. And the fact that Amir goes, oh, well, you know, we heard from Abu because it was on speakerphone and we just heard that way is also quite typical. There's a lot of things that I find out that are going, that's going on within, you know, the, you know, the community because, I mean, not that my parents put things on speakerphone, but my mom will be talking to my dad about whatever's happening or my mom will be on the phone with someone and it is very loud. So I can usually hear the other person on the other end and I actively have to zone out when my mom's on the phone to be like, I it's not my business. Don't hear. Um, but sometimes if you, you know, like zone in for a second, you're like, ah, oh, okay. I heard that going to zone out again. Not my business. Um, but it's, it, your parents make it kind of easy to figure out what's going on and it's not like they hide it. Um, so it, I just thought that that whole thing of them finding out was absolutely hilarious. Um, and I, I loved how Yusuf Uncle, when he does find out, he goes Toba. And Toba, in, at least in, in Urdu and in, I guess, Arabic as well, but in Urdu specifically, um, is usually used when someone messes up or 
does something really bad, like, you know, that kind of thing, like, oh my God, like, you know, that's terrible. And I just love that he exaggerates it so much um, when, you know, he exaggerates the toba so much that Kamala's like, all right, you know, like, who told you? Um, it wasn't like he was like, oh, you know, like, oh my goodness, like, or it was, it was just because a lot of parents don't use like toba all the time. It's very serious moments or even as a joke. So there's no in between. Like, it's not like when you're actually serious, like when you're just kind of like, oh, okay, whatever. Um, if it's like something really extreme, then they might use it. Um, my parents haven't used it in a while. Um, but you know, it's just, I thought that was quite funny that, that Yusuf uncle was like, oh, Toba, but it was really just like being, just exaggerating it. Um, I, I love that we get to see that the whole family is being so supportive and it just reminds me how much, um, our families mean to us in a lot of immigrant or immigrant families or households. Um, it's something we were always real raised with. And yes, I know that, you know, sometimes family members can be toxic and they, you know, sometimes you have to distance yourself from them. Um, but a lot of the times, at least for most of the people that I know, um, family is very important to our culture and especially in Islam. Um, it's important, like the amount of respect that is shown or told that we should be showing our parents, even in the Quran, is is huge. Um, even in the Quran, it does mention that, yeah, you know, you can, you know, you can, like, they have stories and things where, you know, one prophet or one person has converted to Islam, but their parents were not. And even in that scenario, parents are supposed to be respected. They're supposed to be like, you're supposed to, you know, if they tell you something, you know, listen to them. If it's something that goes against Islam, then obviously you can tell them, hey, it goes against my cultural religion or it goes against my religion, but be very respectful of your parents because they raised you and they went through a lot to raise you. So always be um, cognizant of that as you go through life. And I kind of like that they showed that here in this, um, in this episode. Um, the Department of Damage Control, so the DODC, shows up again at the mosque and the minute they walked in, because I remember the last time they showed up, uh, Sheikh Abdullah and Nakia were like, please make sure not to wear your shoes when you come to the mosque. So I was really eyeing to see if uh, Agent Deaver would, you know, take off her shoes or walk in or at least not have shoes on. She walked in with her shoes still on and didn't even go, like, it's not like she walked in and went, oh my gosh, I forgot, was so like, no, I don't even care. And it's really as though she just ignored all the rules, ignored everything, and it made me so upset. But it also is very reminiscent of, you know, I, I guess just, especially after, you know, to get a little political, I guess, um, post 9-11 times, I, I, a lot of us in, in the community would feel that, you know, we weren't respected. They didn't, you know, care about it. people. The government really didn't care about us, kind of thing. And just having Agent Deaver walk right in, not even remembering the fact that you're not supposed to wear shoes inside the prayer area of the mosque, just it irritated me, and I was so mad at her the entire time. I was just like, you didn't, you don't even, you look like you don't even care. Like I feel like you're not caring at all like nothing like you don't care about the rules you don't care about respecting the religion or culture just nothing and i was so annoyed with her um i also find that it's interesting how the 
uh, or sorry, I found that the, the Moscowers were already prepared because when Agent Devers asks for IDs, they already, you know, pull everything up. And Sheikh Abdullah mentions that, you know, it is in our first rodeo. I believe it was Sheikh Abdullah. Um, and it kind of, again, continues through throughout the episode um, of a lot of them just knowing how they are treated by the government. And I just thought, you know, and even when they're dealing with the kids and just, you know, kind of shoot first, ask questions later type situation or going all in hardcore. Um, because we see the uh, DOC dealing with Peter Parker and his friends, and especially with Peter Parker, he wasn't, you know, they didn't shoot first, ask questions later. They brought him in, politely spoke to him and that kind of thing. Um, and it's just, it was just, it was a little painful and, and hurtful to kind of watch to see the differences with how, you know, Kamran and Kamala were treated versus how Peter Parker was treated. And I know a lot of people were commenting about that, not to say that it ruined the show or made it any worse or anything. It was just, it felt very true to life. And it was kind of tough to, to watch a little bit of that. Um, and, you know, I'm not going to go into all the details of that, um, you know, because 9-11, post 9-11 was, was a tough time for a lot of us. I was in grade 11 at the time. And I remember I've, since that moment, I, anytime the T word terrorist is mentioned, I feel like I get on high alert and I get that anxiety and I mentally have to start preparing myself to explain that Islam isn't that bad and explain things about it. So it's, it's, it's a tough conversation. So if anybody wants to continue having that conversation or, you know, I'm sure it'll end up on TikTok somewhere where I discuss things like that. So if anybody wants to see that shameless plug, you can, we'll, we'll go into that more later, but there's other things to be talking about here. So I will focus on that. Um, so when Kamran and Kamala are having that conversation um, in the, you know, where she kind of protects everybody, and I've, I've skipped through a, a lot of the actual, the action of the DOC attacking the kids and all that stuff, um, but I'll jump back to a few things or touch upon a few things um, if I need to. But at the end of that, um, where Kamala and Kamran are in, engulfed in that little dome, or in, enclosed in that little dome, and are having a conversation, she tells him that there is no new normal. And I know myself and a lot of other um, kids or ch children of immigrant parents have felt the same way because you are trying to, and I mentioned this a little bit in episode five, but you're trying to fit in with your own culture. You're trying to know and understand it without being embarrassed of it um, while growing up in North America. And it's, it's pretty tough. Um, like I said last episode, your parents are trying to do their best. Um, but you never really fully fit in anywhere. Um, and I find, especially in high school, there are still things that, you know, I have never experienced. Not that I have any regrets about it, but things that I haven't experienced. Um, and, you know, things that, that seem weird to others when I bring it up that I haven't done that. Like I've never, I've never drank it before. I didn't have the, the need or want to. Um, I still don't drink. Um, and again, still don't have the need or want to at all. It's not something that, you know, I'm not, I don't feel bad about at all. Um, but I know that there are some people that do go through and they, they will try or, you know, they will test or taste alcohol at some point. I'm specifically talking about Muslim kids here. Um, but it's not something that I did. And it's when I tell people, some people, I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't drink, especially in like high school, or not high school, in university. People are like, what? Like, you, that, what? Um, 
it's just, it's interesting now. I think it's a little bit more acceptable because there's a lot of people that are like, I work out, I don't drink. And you're like, oh, thank you for now. There's other people here that, you know, that, that understand this. Um, but in high school and specifically, I didn't date. It was probably one of the few people, I think there was me and my family friend, both of us were the two Muslim kids who didn't date. Um, and it's something which, if you know my Instagram handle or my TikTok handle, it's hashtag perpetually single. There's a reason for that. Um, you know, when I was in high school, I, I didn't date at all. So, you know, people thought that that was weird. People still think it's kind of weird that I hadn't dated in high school or even in university because my parents were like, your main focus is school. And then when I graduated, they're like, all right, now go find a husband. And you're like, what? Um, and uh, so, yeah, it's, you know, it's, some people find it weird. And so you're trying to find that balance and you're never, you never truly feel, feel normal. And you're always kind of weird to other people and not to say that people call you weird, it just, you always kind of feel like you're the weird outsider. Um, that being said, I'm, I'm not exactly like my parents are or what they expected of me. So I kind of feel, you know, it can, so it can feel so confusing trying to figure it out um, among the usual, you know, teenage troubles in spe specifically. Um, I felt like those words perfectly echoed what, what I'd feel like growing up. Um, and some, sometimes, like I said, still feel that way. Um, I, I do cosplaying and so even among some of the cosplayers and some of the fandoms, I sometimes feel a little different. I wear a lot of like my outfits have to be, you know, everything has to be covered up kind of thing. So there's certain characters that I absolutely love, but I can't wear their costumes. So I have to find the way like to adjust my costume like Kamala did in episode one. And sometimes people are like, Hey, that looks great. And sometimes people are like, it's not comic accurate or it's not screen accurate. And I'm like, whatever, it's fine. Um, but again, it's not a lot of that weird feeling like a weird or like an outsider is not because of other people or how they make me feel. It's just that's just how it ends up being sometimes. Um, I think the only difference now and versus when I was a kid is that I try not to feel bad about it. Um, you know, if I need something or if, uh, you know, I need to like go pray or something, for example, like I'll, I'll, I'll share um, and, you know, I'll do things where I feel comfortable um, or where I feel safe. And a lot of times, a lot of my friends will allow me to feel safe and feel comfortable and not make me feel weird. So it's getting better. Uh, but there are still moments and times where I'm just like, I feel a little out of place. Or people will talk about things and I'm like, I've never done that before because we're South Asian and our parents were like, you don't need to do that kind of thing. So it's sometimes I still feel like a weirdo. But again, it's not a lot of the times because people make me feel that way. It just... Sometimes it's just residual weird feelings from when I was younger. Um, the part where the whole community comes, um, community rallies with Kamala, really made me smile. Um, because I find that whenever there is someone from a minority community, um, in, specifically in this case, the South Asian community, we all, um, and, and normally if it's a space where you don't see us in that area, um, we're also incredibly proud and excited for that person. Yes, sure, there are still people that are that will complain about it or point out some flaws or problems, like the one auntie who was pointing out um, how hard it was going to be for the for you know the superhero because she doesn't know it's Kamala, but the superhero or we don't think she we're not sure if she knows or not that it's Kamala, but nothing point for another day. Um, but how she points out that you know it's going to be difficult for her to get married now. <laughs> um, there are always people who are going to say things like that. Um, but we will also be extremely per supportive um, of that person. And I think that 
that scene really shows that as a perfect example. Um, I've seen so many people, and I've mentioned this before, who are watching this show you know, in my community. Um, and even though they're not avid Marvel fans, they're still really proud and excited that we are in that space or that we are there, that there is a Marvel superhero there that represents us. And I really just loved that we kind of got to see that within this scene. Um, I totally forgot and skipped over the part where Muniba Auntie gives Kamala her, you know, her costume. In the comics, it happens differently. It's kind of Kamala doing her own thing, you know, creating her own, oh, her own outfit. Um, but I really, really loved this change. Uh, first of all, let's just, you know, give a shout out to the Pakistani tailors or Darzis who are absolute magicians. Um, I say this because I recently got an outfit made that it literally looks like I have a cape and I'm, I, you know, I, it's beautiful. And I saw a picture of it, sent it to this lady who gets clothes made. Um, and she got it sent to her tailors or her Darzi. Um, and I got it back for wedding recently. And it was exactly what I was looking for. And I absolutely loved it. So they are magicians and they can create anything. Um, so the fact that her mom, you know, got her that outfit made in Pakistan, it really makes me so happy. I love, you know, like I said, the change from the comics, um, and that I love that, that her costume is now rooted in her family, her culture and, and her history as well. Um, because her mom in episode five, which completely forgot to mention, sees her necklace, uh, that it is broken. I can't believe I forgot to mention that. Um, but sees the necklace, that she wore that she wore in episode one that said Kamala and it was broken and it looks like the lightning symbol. And again, I love that because in the comics, the lightning symbol was what Carol Danvers is Miss Marvel used to wear in her old outfit. So that's where Kamala got the inspiration from. But I love this better because it kind of connects her name to her outfit. Um, and the fact that her mom had that made for her, it it, I just I had tears in my eyes because it just it was kind of like her mom was like hey I know that this is something that is important to you and you love you know it, it's a change from when we saw her at the beginning where she's like hey I made your costume for you and was something completely not Kamala whereas this was something very much Kamala like she was like I understand who you are and I've, I'm starting to learn and you know it'll take time but I know what you're looking for and here's here's an outfit based off of something that I think you would love, not, and, you know, something that does not look, you know, silly or ridiculous to her, uh, to Kamala. So I really loved that moment, and it was very emotional, and it kind of felt, and I, I know one friend pointed this out, uh, he was saying that it's kind of like when a mom sits down with, you know, to give her daughter her old wedding dress, or, you know, gets her ready for a wedding. It just kind of felt like that, not that I know because I'm not married, but <laughs> what I've heard and seen people do it just kind of reminded me of that moment it was a very sweet and touching moment and just for my own relatability I've had moments where I'm you know I was working on a costume in 2019 because I haven't built anything since that time but I was making my own costume and I was my mom was watching tv and I was sitting in front of her and kind of you know putting in gluing armor together and you know making grommets in the side of my costume and was trying to put the grommet pieces inside and then trying to pull the string through so I remember just kind of going, ah, it's not working. It's getting frustrating. And my mom was like, oh, you need help. Can I help you? Like, how can I help? And it just kind of reminded me of that. And then, you know, my dad, anytime I, I build a costume, he's like, oh, my God, you made that. That's so cool. And it just kind of feels I, I was able to feel that acceptance 
um, from Kamala's parents and, you know, kind of reminded me of my own parents accepting my passions and things. So I thought that was a, a really tender and touching moment. Um, um, going to the end here, uh, Yusuf uncle telling the story of Kamala's birth and what her name means. Um, I, I don't know about everybody else, but my parents did the same thing. I feel like it's a thing everybody does, but for me specifically, my mom has, um, has told me the origin of my name and why she named me Sheba when I was younger. Um, and it's probably one of my favorite stories. Um, anytime I tell people, Oh, like this is what my name means, or my mom knew my name right when she was younger. Like she read it in the Quran. She saw queen Sheba, queen of Sheba and was like, Oh, I really like that name. And was like, when I have a daughter, I'm going to name her that. And it's one of my favorite stories. And I kind of hold that up to my sister because she's like, mom, did you have my name picked out? And this is when, when, we, when we were younger, my mom was like, no, I kind of figured your name later on um, when you were born kind of thing. And my sister's like, oh, and I'm like, haha, mom loves me more, even though that's, uh, we all know my mom loves my sister more, but you know, that's uh, another story for another time also. Um, but it's just one of my favorite stories. And I think every South Asian parent has a moment with that, with their kids where they tell them the story of how they were born and how they were named. So I'm really glad that, you know, Gamala's name, superhero name, superhero name was something that her dad helped her figure out and helped her come up with. Um, you know, the, like you said, the word Gamal, um, comes from the word Marvel. And, you know, I, I know when he said that, I was like, oh, right, it does especially because, you know, my parents would always be like, yeah, ka, ka, kamal ki baat hai, like that kind of thing. Like they would always use that word. Like that's a, you know, a Marvel, you know, a marvelous you know, story or thing like that. I've never realized that translating things from Urdu to English can be very complicated. Um, but I just, I love that he was like, yeah, it means, it means Marvel. And um, I love that, that, connection so much more than the comic books because in the comic books uh in, in the comic books she gets her name miss marvel because she like i said shapeshifts into the carol danvers miss marvel and then eventually just goes well i'm still going to stay miss marvel because you know captain marvel is not using it anymore so it's carol danvers isn't using it anymore so i'm going to but i loved this origin story much better for her superhero name it still does have that connection to Carol Danvers because, you know, Kamala's like way, you know, Marvel, I have that connection with my, my favorite superhero. Um, but it means so much more um, in this way. And it, I'm, I'm just so glad that they did this. Um, so the biggest elephant in the room or the mutant in the room, uh, which we already talked about in Guardians, um, but I'm just going to bring it up here again because it is very important. Uh, but Bruno telling Kamala that she has a mutation. Um not only was the word, you know, the ex, the, the word muta mutation used, because that's probably the first time we've actually heard that used towards any of the superheroes, um, but there was the X-Men 97 theme that played. Now, if you missed it, because I know some people were saying that they were so excited that the word was used that they just started screaming and missed the whole theme uh, music being played, go back, it's, it's pretty clear. If you watch with closed captions, it also does say X-Men 97 theme in the in uh in part of this subtitles um but it's played um and it's the first like i said first mention of the word mcu or sorry mutation in the mcu and i really think everyone lost their mind i know i did um they i've read articles that they had told iman valani that this is what was going to happen and her character was going to be a mutant 
and she lost it. She, like I, I mentioned in Guardians, she, I think I mentioned in Guardians, but she sent an email to Kevin Feige, like freaking out, going, oh my God, I'm a mutant. Like, this, I think it was like in all caps and everything. Eventually they had to tell Matt Lance about it as well. And again, mentioned the story in Guardians. So if you really want to hear that story again, you can go there. Um, but it was a huge deal for the actors as well. It wasn't just something that we as fans got excited about. They all got excited about it as well um, because they know how much, how huge that is. Um, as I mentioned, Guardian Sanaamana initially wanted Kamala to be uh, a mutant, not uh, inhuman, but they were trying to push those comics around that time. So they had to make that change. But she's really excited about this this new change, but it's huge. Um, I, I can't really, I can't, wait to see what happens next from this like does she meet professor x does do, does she end up going to the the you know the school for mutants to kind of figure it out or do they come find her who knows and maybe we'll find out about it later but really excited to see what this means for not just kamala but for the mcu in general like are we going to have is this going to be an, an open door for us to finally see the x-men so really excited to see what happens with that next. Um, and then there was finally the end credit scene. So I, again, if you did not get a chance or did, you didn't know there was an end credit scene, I think by now we've kind of all gone through this enough times that we know that there's usually an end credit scene at some point in time. So we just kind of stick around anyways. But if you didn't know that there was an end credit scene, pause the podcast, go watch it and then come back so that you can hear you know, hear the next part here. So we see that Kamala's bangle uh, does something. It kind of brightens and, and changes color and things. And then it um, it kind of makes it so that, you know, she switches places or at least we think she switches places with Captain Marvel because Carol Danvers end, ends up showing up in her room. She seems to be really worried um, and she's, you know, kind of, you know, I, she seems worried, but I don't think it's because of all the posters of herself she sees um, because Kamala has a lot and that can be overwhelming. Um, I have a feeling, though, that it might be that she's dealing or she was dealing with something da- something dangerous, something huge, and being pulled away from it um, would have caused more danger or harm to others or maybe the world. So I think she's more worried about that than anything else. And I'm assuming hopefully we'll find out about it in the Marvels. And honestly, 20, 2023 seems like it's so far away. Like I just I know it's a year from now, but I just I want to know now. And I, I, I know we'll have a lot of things between now and then to watch to tide us over. But I really want to know what happened. What is with this? What's with the Bengal? Well, like this is, again, a brand new, a brand new power unlocked. Can she switch places with people? Like, is that anybody or is it just something with Carol Danvers, with Kevin Marvel? Interested to see what happens. Um, I, I also can't wait to see, you know, the, con, the Hans uh, react to when they see Carol Danvers in their home. Like, is like, will she just be walking down the stairs or even flying out of the house? And I, you know, I can almost hear Munibanti going, Are they? Um, are they is just kind of like, Hey, isn't that Captain Marvelous, Charvelous that Kamala is always going on about? You know, because South Asians like to rhyme things with things. So, you know, like, uh, Party Sharti is the one that's very famous in my house. My mom's like, Oh, Party Sharti. You know, my parents don't have accents. I always give them one. This is the thing that my mom always asks me. I just, I tell her that the funny, the story is funny because you have an accent. And she's like, I don't like you. Again, that's probably a minor microaggression, but that's, again, not neither here nor there. But I can almost imagine Munibanti saying something like, oh, isn't this, uh, isn't that Captain Marvelous, Charvelous that Kamala is always going on about? Um, and then, well, 
you know, Yusuf Uncle is probably going to be asking who it is. Like, who who is this Captain Marvel? Like, what are you talking about? And Amir and Taisha will probably be all excited, but asking, you know, where Kamala is and asking a million questions. While we'll still have Yusuf Uncle kind of in the background going like, but who is this person? And no one will answer Yusuf Uncle until probably like, you know, after she leaves. Um, and, uh, you know, now I feel like I could write a fanfic about <laughs> what could possibly happen in the, the Marvels. Um, and, you know, it's probably best that I end this review of episode six slash the finale here um, before it, you know, kind of gets out of hand. Um, you know, besides, you've been here kind of with me for a while, so you, I'm sure that you have other things to do. But um, just to wrap this up really quickly, or really quickly, but just to wrap this up, um, I loved the finale. I, I find or I feel that Miss Marvel is probably one of my favorite favorite if not my favorite marvel or i'm sorry disney plus show just because not just because of what they did for you know culture and representation but i think as the mcu as a whole there are going to be lasting effects from this you know from the, the mutant stuff to just having kamala in the mcu is going to be interesting seeing what's going to happen on the cosmic side of things because clearly whatever happened at the end credit scene is going to be affecting something so um you know just really excited about this i loved that from beginning to end it was probably the most consistent marvel show i felt that the finale was fantastic it stuck the landing um it didn't there were yes there were some moments that were rushed again i think it would marvel mcu shows would benefit from having maybe like 10 episodes instead of just six um, maybe even taking the extra time because I've seen this on, online. A lot of people just saying that Marvel is just pumping out show and movie after show and movie after show and movie where a normal television production schedule is, you know, one show or one episode, like one show for the year or that kind of thing. It's not multiple throughout the year. So it, sometimes it could feel rushed because there's a lot of things that they need to get out there and they want to connect with other things, with other movies, other properties. So it can feel a little bit rushed on this way, in that way. But, you know, hopefully Marvel will be learning from things. They we might get more. It would be nice to get more episodes, but we'll see what happens during Comic-Con and D23, the Disney Expo. Um, but, you know, really looking forward to that. Besides that, I, I felt that this was probably one of my favorite shows and in Disney Plus, and I loved everything about it. The finale was fantastic, and I cannot wait for more. And we're really looking forward to it. I fingers crossed that we get a season two. I haven't heard anything yet. Maybe during Comic Con. Maybe during D twenty three. Fingers crossed. But we'll have to wait and see. Um, but until then, um, have a great day or night or you know wherever you are, wherever you, whenever you're listening to this, and we will see you all next time or talk to you all next time. Um, hope you have a great day or night again, and bye, everyone. <laughs>